Torres de Bridge. The pre-launch sequence is complete, Captain. Acknowledged. Ensign Kim, depressurize the shuttle bay and open the space doors. Aye, Captain. Bridge to shuttlecraft Cochrane. You're cleared for launch. Aye, Captain. See you at warp 10. Cochrane to Voyager. All systems are nominal. I'm increasing speed. We'll keep up with you as long as we can. Warp 7. Warp 8. How's this dilithium matrix holding warp up? Warp 9. There's a slight variance in the warp field, but nothing to worry about. Okay. Taurus to Shuttlecraft Cochrane. You're clear for transwarp velocity. Acknowledged. Engaging transwarp drive in four, three, two. Warp 9.7. 9.8. 9.9. He is exceeding our maximum velocity. I am switching to long-range sensors. Warp 9.95. He is approaching the threshold. Engine output at maximum. Velocity. Warp 10. Yes. Transwarp engines are stable. So are the nacelle pylons. I'm going to... Oh, my God. Hello and welcome to Snaptrack, the podcast which compares two episodes of the galaxy's favourite science fiction franchise, Star Trek. I'm one of your hosts, Ross Webster, and I'm joined as ever by Jen Tift. Hello, Jen. Hi, Ross. How's it going? How's it going? It's going all right. <laughs> How are you? I'm, I'm doing pretty well, actually. Yeah. And enjoying, enjoying the nice weather. Oh, so sunny. Makes a difference. Sun. Yeah. Yeah. Have you recovered from the Tuvix versus Similitude episode? <laughs> I will never recover. <laughs> <laughs> you feeling suitably refreshed? <laughs> oh man, yeah, that was that was quite a quite an episode. Yeah, <laughs> and we've left a, re- a reasonably long gap between recording that and recording this. I think just we, so we can we mentally did. prepare ourselves for yeah. this obvious next step. <laughs> 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 okay. Some kind of game? I've never seen that one before. How do you play? During each Snap Trek, we compare the episodes using a variety of categories, and we select a scene or line or alien or prop which we think is excellent, and we award points to the answer which we think is the best. Aggressive. Adversarial. Competition. For fun. Snap Trek is a competition, but it's played just for fun. There are no prizes or trophies, but the real aim is to have a great conversation about Star Trek and perhaps think about the episodes in a new way. We would love to hear from you. You can get in touch with us on Twitter at Snap Trek. Please send us your ideas for episode comparisons and categories we could use. And of course, send us your Star Trek lyrical recaps or any Star Trek poetry or haiku or limericks or rhymes or verse or anything of that sort. We'd love to hear it. On a personal note, you can get in touch with me, Taborg, at strtrk1701, also on Twitter. And Jen? And you can get in touch with me on Twitter also. I am at Enoquarks. Okay. In this Snap Trek, we examine two episodes which see characters lost to the vastness of the universe. Their new perspectives on reality confuses and disturbs those around them and leads to some very unusual family dynamics. As well as this, 
we witnessed some astounding physical transformations for which both episodes were nominated for the same 1996 Emmy Award for Outstanding Individual Achievement in Makeup in a Television Series. One of our episodes won that acclaimed award and the other lost. Will history repeat itself tonight as we compare <laughs> Deep Space Nine's <laughs> Season 4, Episode 2, The Visitor, with... With Voyager, Season 2, Episode 15, Threshold. An obvious comparison <laughs> when you think about it. And two episodes which, frankly, couldn't be more similar. I was so surprised. <laughs> I can't keep you know, up. I, I, did, <laughs> I didn't realize how similar they were until you, you uh, gave that, that brilliant description of both those episodes. There well, really I just, are. I wanted to hit every <laughs> point which was possibly the same. <laughs> and you did. <laughs> Oh, but really, I mean, this comparison, it, it, it's just, it's, it's funny. I mean, they are very different episodes. They very differently received episodes. Mm. But, you know, this is, this is like from the very beginning, this is one of the, um, one of the little details about Star Trek that, that made me think that, that our podcast would be a good idea. Just the fact the, the, that. What are you joking? One of, this, this, ep- this, no, potential no. Snap Trek. this, 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 this got, potential Snapchat. Oh my god! <laughs> well, what I like about this is, and when you think about the fact that that threshold beat the visitor for for this this award, you know, it, it kind of just made me think about how, depending on the category, the threshold beat the visitor. Like like on this given day in 1996, in this particular category, <laughs> threshold yeah. won. You know, and, and just it's there's something good in every episode, and I think you know by by compare, comparing these episodes, the episodes like we do in different categories, we give each episode a chance to shine, you know, and find find out pick out the little gems in each episode. And I, I just, think I, just I love think that. you should soundbite what you've just said and put that out as an advert for Snapchat. I really like that. That was great. Oh, thank you. Um, but threshold yeah. man. But for me, when you, when you came up with this idea, I instantly thought it was a funny idea. I thought, there's no way we can actually do this, though. That would never work, would it, as a snap track? But I think it's going to work. I think it's actually going to work. I think, so. <laughs> I, think we've, I think we managed to find categories that, that really do fit both of, these, uh, both of these very different episodes. Yeah. Uh, the universally acclaimed and the universally, I won't say loathed, <laughs> But certainly disliked. Uh, panned, mocked. yeah. <laughs> panned. Panned is good. That's good. That's good. Yeah, yeah. Because <laughs> really, I mean, there's there's stuff to love in the in Threshold. You know, it's not it's not entirely. It doesn't go off the rails until like the third act. <laughs> As I watched it for this, I, I thought it had a real sort of artistic quality to it. The idea of you know, yeah. in the seventies, there were those films like there was that film about the chap who sits in the isolation tank, and like you know, he he's he wants to sort of get get. Oh God, what is that film? It's going to drive me nuts. A seventies film, <laughs> he lies in an isolation tank and then slowly evolves into a weird creature that goes out killing people. Oh, uh, that sounds super weird. Now I said that. I'm gonna. I'm just gonna. <laughs> <switch it. laughs> 
Altered States. This Altered is States. A, a William Hurt film. William Hurt starred in a film called Altered States. He goes in a sensory deprivation tank and gradually sort of evolves into a different creature during the course of his sessions. And I sort, I sort of got a little hint of that from this when I was watching Threshold. I was like, oh, maybe there's a bit more to it than just he's transforming into a lizard. <laughs> maybe there's a bit more yeah. of a thought process in it. But anyway, maybe we'll just... Maybe oh, we'll yeah, it was the exact... Yeah, it's kind of like Paris went to the exact opposite of a century deprivation tank. Yes, exactly. <laughs> he saw everything instead of nothing. <laughs> so he devolved. Sort of, that sort of wildness as well, which they, they actually talk yeah. about a bit. Like we've got information from every cubic centimeter of the sector. I mean, yeah. that's phenomenal. That's that's amazing. I was absolutely. Like, I forgot how mind blowingly exciting that was. There's there's a lot to talk about with this. I also thought about how funny the Doctor was in this episode. Because the Doctor's in a lot. We we did two. We did another season two episode last week. Season two Voyager episode last week. And the Doctor features quite prominently in that (laughs) episode as well. But he's not funny in it. In this episode, he's hilarious. Um, Yes. Actually, he was funny in the last episode as well, but only at the very beginning. Yeah, he was. He he was was funny. He's he's, he's very unaffected by the... uh, Tragedy developing around. Yes, until the very end. Just a little jokes in, yeah. <laughs> right, let's get on to this. Let's do this, because I know that people are itching, the, itching to see who's going to win the snap track. Um... <laughs> Commander, I would like to remind you about my poetry reading this afternoon. I wouldn't miss it for the world. I can't wait to see what he's come up with. As ever, we begin with a lyrical recap of the episodes under discussion. Jen, would you like to lyrically recap Voyager's Threshold? I would, yes. But I, I went, I went very simple for Threshold because <laughs> you know I, you start getting bogged down in the weeds and and you know like like we touched on it. It does. I mean, there's there's a lot more there um, if you really think about what that what really happened to him, you know, when he, when he was everywhere at once, like that, that's heavy, but I, I, I didn't go there. I couldn't, <laughs> I couldn't get that heady. Uh, so I did a simple uh, haiku for threshold mm-hmm. and here it is. All right. My thoughts consumed by Saurian sons and daughters marooned forsaken. It's very good. My biggest takeaway. It actually hits a lot of the points, though, doesn't it? You hit a lot of key words in that. (laughs) Oh man, that's just. I actually like the use of Saurian as well because I hadn't thought of that. (laughs) I I, I think more amphibian, but uh, I like the idea of Saurian. Yeah, it's it's hard. It's hard to really know if they're reptiles, amphibians, or what's happening. I don't know if they really go into it. By by that point, they've got to be something else. I, I think I, I think it's fun to think of them as as lizards. Yeah. So <laughs> calling them lizard babies is is, is good. Is an easy shorthand. Legs? So they sort of had two front legs and then sort of wiggly just tails. Yeah. The They're more like yeah, more like sandworms from June. <laughs> like like big salamanders. Yeah. Yeah. So I don't know. I thought and I did. I forgot how weird it was when. 
they were found on the planet when <laughs> they yeah. actually shined the torch on them. They were like, <laughs> that yeah. was really strange to me. I thought, oh, these are hyper-evolved people. It's so weird. Are we expecting they're going to be sat there playing chess or something? They're just sitting in the right. mud. <laughs> right. Anyway, anyway. All right. I'd love to hear what you have okay. for the visitor. In a very much a life imitates art scenario, my poem stubbornly refused to write itself. And <laughs> I have struggled with this for two weeks. Like, really, really struggled with it. <laughs> you had a very tough assignment. Yeah, it's very... Well, it's such a good episode. And I feel like anything I say is going to sort of maybe detract from how good it is by being too <laughs> either twee or too daft or yeah. too silly. So I have kept it very simple. So I'm going to give you... Also a haiku, oh, good. which I have written, and this is this haiku is pulled out of. There's a sort of twelve or thirteen lines, and this is just the middle three lines. Subspace mechanics alters family dynamics. Suddenly, Cisco. <laughs> oh, I love that. <laughs> and that's oh, that's, that's it. Took me a long time. It took me a long time to come up with that. Oh, that's really good. I like it. Suddenly, Cisco. Ah. Well done. You can tell it was going to be a different poem because mechanics and dynamics rhyme. But I I like the sentences. (laughs) I like the phrasing. I like it. I just couldn't. Yeah. Couldn't believe else. I had a lot of to and fro's and sun. Sun continues (laughs) to grow and open your eyes, Uh, (laughs) but it just it just didn't come together. I felt very distracted. Yeah. I thought this is right. This is what happens in the visitor. It's fine yeah. to do this. I like it. I like it. Okay. Let's do this. Let's go for round one and actually do this. All right. Okay. Well, let's start with why, why we're comparing these two episodes to begin with. Let, let's give a point out for best makeup. <laughs> Snap Trek Award for best makeup. Okay. <laughs> Much more prestigious than an Emmy. Silly old Emmy. <laughs> oh, of course, of course. This is this is the award that you're gonna be putting on the VHS boxes. This is the one. Um, okay. The Snapchat Award for Best Makeup. So I've kept this I've kept this one super brief because obviously I'm feeling sore that I know in the real world this is one that we lost. Yeah. So the makeup is presumably because they age all of the major characters in this episode, except for Cisco. They, they fully yeah. bring them up to, I mean, we watch um, Tony Todd age from a young man to a middle-aged man to a very old man. And he looks pretty good. We watch all of the, we watch Nog, Dax, Bashir. We see them age. We don't see Cisco age. I think, the real problem is no one looks like that. You know, 25 <laughs> years on, they are an absolutely fabulously attractive looking bunch of people. Every single one of them looks 10 times better than they look in that mode. They have all defied they time. Really, <laughs> they look phenomenally good. They do, um, all of them, without exception. No. Ex- they all look amazing. Absolutely without exception. Um, I thought... I mean, for the future they picked out, I really loved that they'd gone back to those recognisable 
all good things, TNG end of uniforms and the badges. I yeah. love it. And they have those little details, the sort of, oh, it's the future oh, again. Yeah. And, you know, they tied it up together. Yeah, it's always an alternate future, but it's always the same future in a yeah. way. I, I yes. like that too. Yeah. I like that too. Um, and I thought the makeup looked good, but I just, it took me out of it because I just thought, I know you don't really look like that. I know you have not <laughs> And it's hard to judge the age makeup, especially now that, that we've seen, oh. you know. Oh, yeah, completely. I mean, you know, 25 years ago when I first watched the episode, maybe that had been on the money. Yeah. And I thought they did a great job with Tony Todd. He did look, yeah. you know, they did a good job. I mean, he's so, he looks, I mean, he looked when I had him as a, as a young man. I thought he was, he's probably younger than I actually thought he was. So he looked a lot younger than I thought yeah. he was. Like, this this guy's the candy man? Or didn't the candy man come out like 30 yeah. years ago? <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Tony Todd looks incredible. Tony Todd looks amazing. Um, yeah, and he aged. And I thought his makeup was good. I thought somebody. I th- I think I think it's Jim on Trek Ranks who says this that it always takes him out of the episode when they see he sees Nog in old man makeup <laughs> rather than a different character <laughs> playing Nog. I think it was Jim who said this. Yeah, maybe it was Bill Mann. I think um, it was. I think it was and Jim. I. I didn't mind it so much, but I didn't think about it the first time I watched it, but I thought about it this time and thought, yeah, maybe they should have got someone different playing Nog. Maybe that would have added a little bit to, like, we are now removed from where we were. These are not the same people as they were when they were young men. But they didn't do it for whatever reason, but actually it did strike me as a slightly strange thing not to have done. Yeah, because when you... When you see him, him playing with Tony Todd, it, it just makes it, it it brings attention to the fact that Tony Todd doesn't look like Ciroc Lofton, which yeah. you don't notice otherwise. You know, honestly, like he, he makes a great Jake, no, um, but you can happy, really t- yeah. Oh, me too. He's amazing yeah, and it's incredible. But good. but but when he's playing against uh, Aaron Eisenberg, it, it, you know, you can you can make the comparisons and it and it just makes it more obvious that it's you know. Not real, not really the future. You know? right. So I, I, I got Eisenberg did a good yeah. job as old man, old man Nog, and I forgot how thrilled oh, yeah. I was to see Captain Nog. I forgot that. I forgot yeah. how pleased I was yeah. that that was that had happened. I really liked that. He was almost a captain. They're like, "You'll be captain before you know it," because he had gotten a promotion to whatever. Wasn't was right he? Wasn't that, he captaining you know? the Defiant at the end of that? I mean, they'd obviously got out mothballs, but I'm yeah. sure he was. Uh, he was. I can't remember yeah. now, but he, he was he was certainly in charge on the Defiant. Anyway, yeah, anyhow. definitely. Best makeup, it was it was for Tony Todd. He did look good. Yeah, I mean, he looks obviously he looks good because handsome fellow. But his makeup as a middle aged man looked pretty good. As an old man, it was good too. But you could tell it was makeup. And yeah. when you saw Bashir and Dax, although the makeup looked good doesn't look like how they look as old people and i thought maybe there were subtler cleverer things they could have done rather than just like bulk out their faces and make them look like captain kirk in the episode where he gets really old they they made them look very frumpy yeah, they did and look neither frumpy. one of those neither one of those actors aged frumpily no. <laughs> i guess is the way to put it and you know and and then... they look even younger now than they did then i think Oh my gosh, they they've aged like fine wines, mm-hmm. but um, yeah, so Tony but, but, but yeah, Tony, 
Not the points, Tony sorry. He gets, yeah. he gets my yeah. my nomination in this category, <laughs> uh, whereas the others the others do not. Yes. Yeah, that's what they were nominated for. Was that because I, I mean he really does like even when he, like when he when he starts out as the as the really old man Jake, and then you see him when he's the you know the young like normally how he is. I forget that he was that young. I'm like oh Tony yeah. Todd's really young. Yes, <laughs> he he was really even though like I know I know he's young and then that that's age makeup but. It's also just how he acts too in the age makeup. He acts like an old man, really well. You know, subtle changes in how he acts. Yeah. All right. So, best makeup for Threshold. I feel like I don't even have to defend this. It, it won the Emmy. Award-winning <laughs> award makeup, you say? Award-winning makeup. I'm done. Case closed. Yeah. <laughs> no, but it, I get. I get it while why it won for makeup um one of the one of the things that it's 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 a chat it was a challenge a makeup challenge because there's different stages in his de-evolution or evolution whatever you want to call it you know he starts out he's just got you know blue veins and you know hollow eyes on his and and um and then you know there's a there's a stage in between of, of like his skin peeling and and he looks like um Swamp Thing is what comes to my mind. <laughs> yes. A little bit of a swamp thing with all the little flaky peeling skin coming off. He's got a milky eye and he looks really gross. And, and they do, and they do like, like, like the back of his head is weird too. Like you can see him from the back at one point. They, they, I, they uh, you know, put the makeup the whole way well, down. It? Like sort of mildly and it's pulsing. pulsing. Yes. Yeah. Which yeah. I like. I like that. And his head's misshapen. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It, it's interesting. It is. It's interesting makeup. He looks... It, 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 it's interesting because you don't know just by looking at him what's happening to him. You know, it's not obvious he's transforming into a lizard or <laughs> an amphibian or whatever, you know, whatever it is <laughs> um, in that second, you know, first and second stage. And then um, then he coughs up his tongue. <laughs> and that's when it goes off the rails. That's when the episode goes off the rails to me. Like that's that's the jump the shark moment for the episode. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> that's when it starts to get really weird. Um, but but after that, after he coughs up his tongue, um, the next time you see him is when he really, really looks like a, a lizard man, and and I think that makeup's really good. He looks like it's more creature the black in the, from the Black Lagoon yes. inspired, you know, swamp thing, you know, middle swamp thing than creature from the Black Lagoon, and it's it's really interesting makeup. Um, he does. He looks good. I it can see why. It looks very moist and slimy as well, which I thought was quite very moist. Yeah, brush. yeah, he did. He looked slimy. He yeah. looked, um, yeah, yeah. Is it? He did. He looked monstery. You know, and this is this is like bo- you know body horror stuff yeah. here. You know, um, what, by what that do time you, think... you don't. Go ahead. Sorry, what well, I was going to say. What do you think yeah. is better makeup, the alien or the sort of in between? monster sort of human hybrid i i mean it's it's really good work in in all stages but i i really like the way he looks when he at the end when he's um you know they try to give him the anti-proton treatment and he yeah he escapes and you know and pilots the shuttle after he kidnaps Janeway, and and I think I think that makeup looks really good, like because that that's like classic movie monster. He literally like picks up Janeway, you know, yeah. like 
like a scene right out of you know a classic monster movie and it's that scene as well where he actually grabs jane may was brilliant i really like that yeah where yeah she's running or she's walking to the turbo lift and then she hears his breathing that was really horror movie and then she sort of prepares for his attack but it's i mean he does a really weird sort of attacks her head i mean like he's been flying along Mm -hmm. the corridor but it was it was a, a good moment yeah, and they and it is it's classic classic prosthetics, just like you would in one of the, in one of those classic you know monster movies, and and it's that Tom Paris would probably have liked to have seen at the drive-in on the holodeck. You know, you can see him wanted to see a movie like that. The, 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 the moment um, he lost his tongue, took it out. I lost it a bit there because yeah, obviously the tongue did. came out, and I looked at it and thought, well, that's not what the back of your tongue would look like if that came out of your mouth. Yes, even. Even I know that. that that's yeah, <laughs> just like randomly flat. like. So that it's yeah. a prosthetic tongue, but only for the front of his tongue. <laughs> they haven't done a prosthetic for the back of his tongue. Uh, and then in the next, it's, it's scene, longer, isn't it? Right. It would. It would be your longer. Tongue, your tongue's also, longer than that. Just dead flat. It's just. It was just dead flat yeah. like that, wasn't it? And okay. It would be a bit jagged <laughs> if he was talking up. And then the next okay. scene, he was making sound. He was speaking and obviously making sounds that he required his tongue for. And I was like, well, come that, on. Yeah. You need to get a, yeah, it's like, get a, get a, a, a linguist in there to, to write these to write these lines. Well, and, and as so much with this episode, why bother doing that if you're not going to do it Have right? You know what I mean? Like there was no need for his tongue to come out. <laughs> If you need him to talk in the next scene, <laughs> just yeah. don't have his tongue come out. <laughs> yeah, don't do. I thought it didn't add anything. Point, at one point, I thought he was going to reach up and pull his ear off, and I was like, oh, maybe that's the first thing he yeah. does. And it was all it was very much like the fly, and I was like, oh no, no, he's not going to do. Yes, that. I I had thoughts of the I had thoughts of the fly too, and that makes more yeah, like, like lose an ear. That might have might have been even like easier to. Well, I guess it's harder to do makeup wise. Yeah. And just have him cough, you know, spit out a fake tongue, I guess. It was so weird that scene. So weird. Yeah, that's when they that's when they start to to uh to lose it for to me is the, the tongue scene. It's a pretty yeah. it's a pretty good episode up until that point, I yeah. would say. It's, it's it a perfectly fine really episode. It, but it jumps <laughs> the, it just jumps all over the place. It's like a gold yeah. key comic. Uh it starts off as one thing, ends as another. It's just can't yeah. quite make up its mind what genre of film it wants to be. Right, right. <laughs> but the makeup's great. <laughs> A plus makeup. It, excellent makeup. And I did, I, the pulsating brain case, I really appreciated that. And I, I missed it yeah. when they made the um, Telosians in Disco and they didn't have pulsating brains. I thought they've missed a trick there. Didn't they? They did oh. not. Their, their brains did pulsate, but they did it digitally. I oh, I them. see. Yeah, I, yeah. I think they did it digitally. They, they either didn't do it. Or oh, I'm sure. It wasn't like mechanical, yeah. you couldn't see like a. I'm sure. Oh, yeah, it wasn't like. Right. But I did. Uh, I did appreciate that, and I, I didn't notice it the first yeah. time I watched it. I confess, I'd not seen that episode of. I've not seen Threshold for probably ten years. It's been a long time. <laughs> Well, I'm glad glad to give you an excuse to have to watch it. Where's your point going? I mean, who am I to argue with the 1996 Emmy 
award nominating yeah. commission, the, the, whoever, the <laughs> whoever yeah. decides these things, Academy, they whatever. They know their business. And I don't know what other television shows business. were uh, in the running. So I, I know, I know this. They, they, it was against, it was, it was Threshold, The Visitor, an episode of Chicago Hope, and an episode of Wings. An episode of, okay, so Chicago Hope could have been some like, <laughs> grisly like that's, mutilated arm like a medical thing. yeah it's a medical show yeah but wings isn't that like I, that's a sick wings yeah so well i looked up the episode of wings and it's the one where they have to transport like a, a dead body and so there's a lot of like dead body makeup stuff mm-hmm. so i guess that's why but neither really one good category isn't it this one yeah. So apparently, I was reading a little bit about the history. Apparently, like, it, there used to just be a makeup category, you know, like in 1996. So you'd have this wide variety. And then they changed it into a prosthetic and a non prosthetic category. Uh, so now there's okay. two. Yeah. So you could have, because they are, there's very different. Like, someone could do makeup really well and have, on like normal people and, and do a really good job with it. Exactly. Versus That's why I wonder whether monsters like, like amazing this- eyeshadow or something. Yeah, right, exactly. <laughs> Those Hackett brothers <laughs> have some, some good uh, good skin tones, yeah. <laughs> but, um, yeah, so I, I, think, I think that's part, I think part of it is that back in the day it was just all lumped together. And then, yeah, of course, the, I would think the prosthetics on in Voyager, or, I mean, just the degree of difficulty on um, you know visitor the visitor and threshold are are seem higher i mean i get like the, but you're right the the medical shows like chicago hope they probably have a high degree of difficulty too depending on what what they do yeah. but i don't know <laughs> i mean i'm also giving my point to threshold because yeah. i thought they did a good job in uh the visitor but it didn't do as good a job. You know, threshold is better, isn't it? It's a it's a better makeup. Yeah. There's lots of makeup in both of them, but threshold. Yeah. You you see what happens to Tom. You know, yeah. you see in the three stages of what occurs to him. It's gross and disgusting, and I'm there for it. And I thought it was good. <laughs> yeah, and as far as age makeup goes, it's really good age makeup in the visitor. Oh, it is. It is. Um, but but just just degree of difficulty. Having him devolve into a lizard man is, you know. I think there's a bit more. It's really impressive. You know, there's a a bit more to it, isn't there? You know, we know what we expect when someone ages. And they didn't do a bad job. You know, they look like old people. But, you know, they had to do something extraordinary. Here, they have to show you a man evolving in a matter of hours into a lizard. You know, that takes a degree (laughs) of something else. That's... That's where the work is. I'm just imagining everyone getting the script and being like, what, what the F is this? Yeah. We're doing what? Okay. It, yeah. I mean, oh, I love there's it. so much I love it. stuff. I, I can't wait for the yeah. for um, Lower Decks to sort of just bring it, bring it all back and just rehabilitate Threshold somehow. Yeah, well, I mean, I'm pretty. When they were on that ship going to the farm, we did yes. see a lizard that I thought I thought that was a callback. <laughs> I definitely think that was a callback. Which is funny. <laughs> we think it used to be a person. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. So right. Funny. Let's right. do this. 
Let's go for round so two. Basically just spot, we basically just spot at threshold two points against the visitor. <laughs> no, <laughs> that was hard. We really thought about that. If we'd found some amazing piece of <laughs> Tony Todd maker, which we love, we we're That's so true. we're robustly honest, Jen. If there's one thing I know about us, it's we've got integrity in buckets, and we're not afraid to use it. <laughs> <laughs> we take this seriously yeah we do, we do. <laughs> right let's uh, start at the beginning let's 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 go for this let's go for scientific problem slash solution all what right is the scientific problem in threshold okay well i mean the bigger you know theoretical physics problem is is how to achieve infinite velocity which apparently in the Star Trek universe is warp 10. I'm not sure why warp 10 is infinite velocity, um, but okay. Um, so, you know, the, the theory is if you, if you could reach warp 10 you'll, and you're at infinite velocity, then you will theoretically be in every place in the universe at once. So it's an interesting, you know, theoretical problem, like, how do you achieve that? Um, and apparently there are mechanical solutions to this problem. Um, so what starts them out is they find they, they, they find dilithium, a form of dilithium that's stable at a higher warp frequency. So they think, okay, well, with this dilithium, we might be able to achieve warp 10. Um, and they do simulations and, and the, the scientific problem they run into is that as soon as they reach warp 10, the nacelles get ripped right off the ship whenever they reach warp 10 due to the subspace torque involved. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, so that's their, that's their problem is that they can achieve warp 10, but they can't do it without uh, destroying the, the, the shuttle. So the way they find a solution to this problem is they enlist the help, uh, not on purpose, but they enlist the help of Neelix. <laughs> He's <laughs> and which, which I really like, because this is this is how how you really do solve problems. You get dif dif different perspectives, and it makes you think in a different way. And then you know, mm -hmm. uh, fresh eyes, fresh eyes on a problem. You know, because because yeah. they they tease him. They're like, oh, how much do you know about warp theory? You know, when he offers to help, <laughs> and he yeah. said, you know, he says he had two, you know, and he, you know, okay. But he says he has two years as an engineering assistant on, on you know, on a freighter. And, uh, and he tells him about an, an, an anecdote, you know, about his time, uh, time as an engineering assistant. Uh, and, but, but, you know, which obviously isn't applicable to their situation, but it, 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 it puts in Tom's head a, a new way of thinking about the problem that he didn't have before. And, mm -hmm. and it hits him. And this is when I'm talking about some mechanical solution to a theoretical problem here, uh, because the solution turns out to be that uh, it's not the it's not the nacelles are, that are the problem. It's the titanium alloy that the shuttle is made of. It, it depolarizes apparently when when you reach warp ten. Mm. Um, so, <laughs> so all you need to do slap on a depolarization matrix around the fuselage. Duh! <laughs> Why didn't they think of that? <laughs> Should be standard, Just slap that it? bad boy on there. Yeah, yeah right. <laughs> slap that bad boy on there, and you and you and you're good to go. <laughs> so it's 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 interesting that 
you know, it's, if if you, if you take, it's interesting to me that, that warp 10 is infinite velocity when they can get pretty close to warp 10 without any weird things happening. You know, if if you take 9.975 or something like that. Right, right. So why does nothing weird happen or weird or wonky happen? And then as soon as you reach warp 10, you are suddenly at infinite velocity, you know, and turn to a lizard. (laughs) It's a a logarithmic scale, though, isn't it? So, you know, that last 10%. That's true. That's true. It could be logarithmic. But but also, but I mean, like when you do physics, I I mean, I guess the the analogy would be to like, when you reach speeds that are close to the speed of light, you know, when you're doing the actual mathematics of it, wonky mm-hmm. things start to happen. Yeah. It's not like nothing wonky happens until you hit the speed of light and then every, you know. Yeah, so yeah. It, it's so it's, it's interesting, but but I, I do, but they, you know, but that's where we are. It is what it is, <laughs> you know. So 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 if you if you if you just accept that warp ten infinite velocity, all you needed to do is you know. The solution was dilithium that could be stable at that frequency, and and slap on that that depolarization matrix, and you're good to go. It's that easy. Problem solved. It's that easy. Is that new dilithium? That new dilithium they found sorted everything out. Right. Well, and they did it. You know, hey, it it, he really did. Tom Paris, Paris gets his is the first in history. All right, he's the Chuck Yeager of the warp ten barrier, and yeah. and he did it. Good, good for him. <laughs> Some yeah. unintended, unintended consequences, but <laughs> he down, he very much downplayed it at the end of the episode. It was a very strange conversation <laughs> between him and Janeway at the end. Yeah, I oh, thought, we'll talk about that later. We'll talk. All right, fine. No, we'll leave that. We'll later. talk about that. <laughs> um, so the, the the problem, the scientific problem in in the visitor, it's a very very Star Trek problem in that Ben Cisco is trapped in subspace, which, <laughs> you know, we don't really, I mean, it happens. Subs- <laughs> we know that any number of bizarre things can happen in with, or at the juncture of subspace because subspace is, is there all the time, but we don't, I mean, it's an entirely made up concept, uh, you know, a la the mycelial network. It, we don't really have any idea about its qualities or what it can do or can't do. It can do anything. It's the catch-all right. um, anomalous persistent thing we can refer to. Um, so Ben Cisco is trapped in subspace, and for him, he 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 perceives no passage of time. And for us, it's, it appears that he has vanished, but then intermittently he just appears on his visits um for a few moments and then vanishes again back into subspace and we don't really have any idea what's going on but but jake explains it in a really really coherent layman's way i mean he does have a phd in subspace theory by this point so (laughs) he explains in a really nice way that though Ben is in subspace. The Cisco's are connected via an invisible sort of band, an invisible connection, which stretches and contracts. And at the moment of contraction, the Cisco's can actually appear together. 
but because it's sort of uh, expanding and contracting, that alters the time with, with which they you know they will appear and the intervals between appearances, and that will continue until either Jake dies or the connection is severed, and it takes takes Jake a long time to figure out that this is the case. Able to time when Ben's next appearance will be and can sever the connection by killing himself and conveniently sending Cisco back to just before this problem started, which was never really explained. But I think we <laughs> accept that that was the ending. That that was 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 what's going to happen. That's what subspace theory would predict, um, and it worked. Cisco, Jake was able to essentially kill himself and die at the moment of Ben's appearance, thus severing their connection and sending Cisco, Ben, back to the time of the original accident. Problem solved. <laughs> I, I mean, it was, it was, it's sort of techno babble heavy, but the real, it's the emotional problem that you're supposed to sit with, the idea that yeah. you know, the father is absent and appears just for a moment to see his son aging before his eyes. That's the thing you have to think about. The actual, the actual techno babble of it is irrelevant. Right. I did wonder maybe that's where uh, Cisco first met the prophets. Spending all that time in subspace, just, just hanging around. Maybe that's where they first Hang noticed out of subspace. Could be, could be. Anyway, <laughs> yeah. No, I, I yeah, I don't, I, I don't care about the technicalities <laughs> yeah. uh, so much as as the problem is just such a. I mean, it's a gut wrenching. You, you know. Problem. Uh, it's uh-huh. also just a. It's just a really. It's a really good metaphor for grief. You know, how you how you know you might you know disappear. You know, you might not think yeah. about that person for a long time, and then all of a sudden something reminds you of that person, and you're right back where you were. You know, and and how that how how grief comes in waves and cycles, I hadn't and about something can snap that. you That's right back to it. You know. Yeah. yeah, it's just such a really, metaphor for that, and that's that's really that that's really hit the nail on the head for me. Actually, that's really good. Yeah, yeah, I think it's um, I think it's lovely. I think I think it's oh, and just yeah, and and you know, subspace that it exists so they can just do what they want with it. You know, <laughs> whatever works. You know, the, thematically and. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. The properties of subspace. You know, we I, like you said, Jake has an advanced degree in subspace yeah. uh, mechanics or whatever. You know? So who am I to say what a can and can't do? Um, but then, you know, the idea that it, the two choices then are that Ben, when Jake dies, he'll either be lost forever in subspace or... If if he dies when the connect you know when the connection is the strongest he'll can be snapped back to the beginning I mean and get a second chance and I know, Jake just to you watch, know Jake he had to watch his son sacrifice himself for that chance I know I know I know oh, God oh it's awful and and he had to watch Jake like basically 
ruin his life, you know, because he was so obsessed with saving his father. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's awful. And... Th- this is why it's so good because there's so many layers of of horrible complexity yeah. to this that you could think about, yeah. and each one could be a novel in its own right. Like you think about this aspect or think about this aspect, and they bring it all together, right. and they just there's so little time in this episode because so much of it is about moments that are lost or things you can't do. And those very brief minutes when things are actually happening. Mm -hmm. Right. Right. But there's so little time in this episode to explore all this stuff. They do do a really good job, but this, this could really be, this could be a film. This could be a feature length film. Oh, absolutely. Watch this. And they wouldn't even need to recast it. Just maybe Nog, maybe, Mm. maybe old Nog. Just recast him. Anyone else? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and just and, and the moments when the moments when Jake and, and Ben are together, you know, and you see, you know, and, and Ben they're, asks they're the best, you know, the best if he's, Yeah, oh, a hundred percent, you know, and 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 then you know, Ben asks if he has grandchildren and everything and and oh, then we'll later on Okay. <laughs> Yeah, we'll, we'll we'll talk about it, but um, it, they're beautiful moments, and it's just then the whole thing. I I mean, sent, they centered it around a problem that had a a technical techno babble solution, but also a very very you know human consequence. Again, like yeah. like the solution, the, the solution to this wasn't like we need to realign the whatevers and do this. The solution was a very visceral. I have to die at this right precise, precise moment, and but but it's this, also it just it adds to the uh, oh you know, god, it adds to it. But, yeah. but that is a tragic ending to a tragic story because it's, it's not such just tra- yeah the whole thing is a tra- is a big tragedy yeah complete tragedy Absolutely. but it's also it's a very it's a very Star Trek problem isn't it to be trapped in a layer yeah. of subspace and you're only appearing intermittently you know. That, that could have been a comedy episode if they'd done it over the course of, you know, five weeks and you're just popping up for a few minutes yeah, every day. Right. Hilarious. <laughs> the fact they play it out for a time scale oh, of man. 50 yeah. years and no. they make it a tragedy because it didn't have to be, yeah. but they did make it one and they did it so horribly well that it just yeah. resonates with everyone as a totally emotional piece of writing that you want to sort of sit with for a few minutes after you've watched it. No. It's the I cry. Like I, I mean, you should. I, I cry. It, like it's horrible. Like even just rewatching the like for this, I'm like, I'm not gonna cry. I'm not gonna cry. Sure enough. <laughs> when he's back and hugging, hugging Jake, and he says, "I am," you know, "Are you okay?" I am now, and, and oh. Ben knows everything that happened, and Jake doesn't know anything that happened, and it's just oh, that I, I mean, every time, every yeah. time I cry. Yeah. Oh my god, I love it. Good. Yeah, it oh was God, it so was good. much better watching this time as well. <sighs> yeah. Okay. What are we doing with your points? Where's your points going? Scientific problem oh. slash solution. I'm giving it to the visitor. <laughs> what a unique what a unique way to tell such a such a story. And I was slightly yeah, worried from the techno babble to yeah, the techno babble is a bit masking because we don't really need to know. Yeah. We don't need to know what it is. Yeah. It can be a techno babble problem. It's the it's the results right. of the problem that are problem that are interesting. Right. I was a bit worried for a second when you started talking about you know 
warp 10 theory and what does this mean to meet infinite velocity? Like, oh, that is a really interest. That is interesting because you caught me in an is. interesting bit of the episode. Like, <laughs> you know, what does it mean to be everywhere and go everything at what point? Right. That, oh, that, that's an interesting, maybe, maybe that is more interesting than mine. Maybe that is, that's pretty good. I like that a lot. But it just, because it becomes so weird, they lose it. They never really explore that idea yes. of what it means to travel at speeds like this because they don't focus on it. They just focus on what happens to Tom. They talk, yeah. you know, what, what physically will change, which hopefully wouldn't be that. They don't talk about yeah. what it means yeah. to the person and what it means to your mind or your ideas to you know have been... Because it's not... He becomes erratic and sort of strange because presumed because his, his neurochemistry is altering. But he could have gone very sort of Barclay in the nth degree and started being a person yes. who is thinking beyond what's going on and seeing things in a different way. But we didn't get that, which is, you know, that was a bit yes. sorry we didn't see that. Me um, too. Because the, the Warp 10 things is really interesting. And, and yeah, if you're someone who's achieved infinite velocity and he talks about it, how he's like, oh, I could see myself and I could see Voyager and I could see this and I could see the Kazon and the Klingons. And it's like someone who's experienced that where they chose to go with it was devolving him into a lizard when, when yeah. that like that was interesting enough like he could have it should have been more of like 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 an like an inse- like an accession an accession an ascension <laughs> you know like in uh lower decks when the guy ascends yeah, you know? like you know that like reaching that moment or like like evolving to a higher thing like you said in the nth degree makes more sense than turning back into a lizard i'm not sure why they they chose that i mean even if it hadn't been physically a lizard i mean and that yeah you know that's interesting to look at but what does what does it mean to be the why the lizard why evolve yes what is it that that is what we're going for and because they weren't like brain lizards you know like lizards with big brains that could think and and talk you know what i mean (laughs) they were just plain they seemed like plain old lizards did you see my lizards? Yeah, right. And like if they look like lizards, but they were well, like, evolution does do yeah, that. Like, you know, evolution can make you smarter and make you stupider. That's what evolution does. You know, you, yeah. there's no guarantees. But maybe that's what they were going for. The doctor does say that his brain was getting bigger. The doctor kept saying that his brain's getting larger, yeah. getting a bigger brain. Yeah, and, and then that never went anywhere. I was really disappointed with that. Very disappointed. Yeah, me too. Um, but I did, I did like the idea. Anyway, long story short, I'm giving my point yeah. for this stuff. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I think that's going to be the story for like every category. Yeah. We don't know. This. Long don't story know short. Integrity, Jen, integrity. <laughs> oh, man. All right. All right. So let's see. Let's, two, let's move two, on two, to two. round three. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, we're tied up. Okay, let's. <laughs> the visitor and threshold are both tied for, <laughs> for best episode right now. <laughs> All right, well, so, but for category three, let's do a fun one. This is a fun one. Surprise, not dead. <laughs> Surprise, not dead. Okay, I've got a runner up. Got a runner up. Okay. That's interesting in that category. Only, only, only in hindsight is this an effective uh, runner-up. 
Okay. We could have had a new Dax host, but Jedzia oh. is not oh. dead. Oh my god, it makes me cry every time I see her in this episode. I did think we might get a new Dax host, but Jadzia is not dead. Bit surprised oh there. Yeah, it makes me cry every time I see old Jadzia oh, in this episode. We, we, oh. never, we, we never saw it that hurts. Dax. Only in that reality oh, does Dax exist. Mm. Okay. Well, so, that's depressing. Thanks sorry, for that. I mean, the visitors are an uplifting episode. <laughs> <laughs> that's true. It's not like it's a laugh a minute every other time. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh! Oh goodness! All right, God. all right, all right. That's that's a good that's a good nod though. You, we had to you had to yes. mention that. Yeah, I appreciate. So that surprise, not dead. Which is this is a rather flippant topic category. <laughs> um, <laughs> ben Ben appears to Jake in his quarters for a few moments, months after it disappeared. Just there's sort of a, a, a slight light show and then he's there. And it was it was played almost sort of like a ghostly, like a haunting almost, like a hallucination or a, just you know, something that Jake, something that Jake is seeing because he can't deal with the fact his father's passed away. And they could have played that out a bit more. They could have had this sort of scary, I'm being visited by my, you know, visited by my father. It's getting worse. He's appearing more and more. But really, they didn't really stretch the idea out. Yeah, like Jake having a mental problem, they think. Exactly. You know, having, yeah. They, They mentioned it very briefly. No one believes that Jake saw Ben alive. Yeah. But then Jake didn't really believe it either. I think he was quite happy to accept this was some sort of delusion caused by stress oh, yeah. or just mental pressure. Because he is that sad. Like, he is that uh, grieving that much that he's, yeah, I could be having delusions. He, he really is. He's grieving <laughs> you know? excessively. Yeah. He's not willing to, I mean, yeah. we see this all the way through. And actually, his grief gets worse. I mean, the whole, it just piles up and piles up for him, doesn't it? The grief compounded yeah. by the guilt. You know, yeah. we can talk about we can talk about his life Absolutely. later on. But it's yeah. a whole whole story there. It's only when Cisco appears in the Deep Space Nine corridor and is taken to Med Bay that it's obvious that he's clearly reincarnated, albeit briefly. And that's when it suddenly becomes a Star Trek problem. I'll put him. You know, we'll we'll put a a barrier around the quarters. We'll yeah. try this. We'll do that. Yeah, they have Bashir and O'Brien working on a solution together, exactly. medical and engineering, engineering. <laughs> problems. And even when he vanishes, uh, Jake says, Stax and O'Brien worked for months trying to locate him, trying to find him, trying to figure yeah. out where he's going. Ugh. But they couldn't. And eventually they just have to give up. They, they can't do it. There's no new information. And it is only Cisco's visits to Jake, which are the new information, New time, new place. They can finally piece it together. But it happens so infrequently. That's the problem. I mean, they treat it like a Star Trek problem. But what we're what we're really looking at is the deep emotional impact this is having on Jake and how hard he's finding this. Yeah. And that's something which has only just begun to be explored in the episode. 
So even though they're treating it like a Star Trek problem, that's not the real issue. It's more about the deep emotional impact that this has on Jake. And that's that's the surprise. That's that's who is taking this. You know, everyone's surprised, but Jake is not just yeah, he's not just surprised. He's absolutely elated and aghast and can't believe what's going on. So he really it, it really impacts him much more than it impacts anyone else, as you would understandably. But um he gets the biggest surprise of all because it is him that Cisco is connected to. And the you know, the distances and the times that Cisco travels for him in a blink of an eye, but for us we're waiting years and travelling miles and miles. Yeah. Um and, and that, that scene in Sick Bay is uh is my, my favorite performance from from Siroc Lofton when um oh when when Ben's laying there and the silent acting you know Ben's laying there and he you could see Jake just like give in to the grief and he and he you know his face scrunches up and he he starts to cry and he and he just goes in for a hug from Ben and they they hug and it's just this like all the emotions that he must be feeling and this Mm -hmm. you know thinking you've lost him forever and then your dad's here and then, but you know, you're going to lose him again. And it's just, Oh, it's just all right there on his face. And I just, it's just such a, like that moment just like, you know, breaks my heart into every time I see it. It's man. Oh, okay. So good. All right. (laughs) What's that? What's the surprise not dead in Threshold? <laughs> we have a surprise not dead in Threshold too. <laughs> so, you know, our buddy Paris here starts, they still don't know what this is. They This is at this point, they still don't know what's really happening. They realize his cells are mutating and they're degrading. And this is calling him, causing him to be dying, you know, and, and Paris is kind of funny. He quips, here lies Thomas Eugene Paris, beloved mutant. <laughs> Which I just think is just such a great line. Like, I like that. Um, and, you know, and and so they, the doctor tries some kind of radiation treatment and the doctor and Kess are trying to save him and it doesn't work and the cell membranes start to degrade and, and Tom, Tom gives his last request. His last request is tell dad I did it. Which is like, oh, poor Tom. That's his last thought. He was trying to impress his dad that he did something. And then, bam, no neural activity. He's dead. And, you know, they have to perform an autopsy. And luckily, they choose to wait until the morning to perform the autopsy. (laughs) (laughs) Because later on at night, the doctor's doing some paperwork or something, and he hears a noise. And it is Tom Paris, alive and perfectly fine with functioning organs and two hearts. (laughs) And thus begins his... Yeah, and thus begins his his you know transformation into lizard man. Um, so I'm not sure what the death functioned as as a besides just like you know like shock factor of of having a character die um, because I don't know if the cells like had to degrade and then all of a sudden regenerate it or maybe the radiation treat I don't know. 
the radiation. Never mind. The radiation treatment didn't work because Janeway doesn't have any radiation treatment, and she's fine. Her transformation <laughs> happens perfectly fine. Yeah, they. they so sort of I'm, over I'm a not sure. That, yeah, yeah. So I'm not sure what that was, but it, you know, when he dies, I mean, it's 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 sad. I mean, he he's a main character, so you're not really gonna think he's gonna stay dead. But but they, I mean, they treat it as such. Like like Kess looks distraught. You know, she gives him a mm-hmm. kiss goodbye and. The doctor, you know, calls the time of death and everything. And it's, you know, it's legit, <laughs> supposedly. Um, and then he's back and he keeps evolving and <laughs> the story continues. <laughs> I thought his actual his actual awakening with the sort of the crunching, scrunchy sound was quite creepy. I yeah. thought they did that quite well. It is. It's very creepy yeah and he's under a like a sheet like the sheets pulled up over his head you know because he's supposedly a dead body yeah um and it's creepy to hear the noises and and the doc lowers the sheet and there he is just perfectly fine (laughs) he can breathe normal air again and it's interesting but he's just back to it yeah he can breathe back to it again i did wonder yeah yeah i just different stages yeah i mean that time our planet underwent a Radical change in environment. Oh god, that is happening. <laughs> <laughs> oh no. I know, I know. Maybe, maybe we can evolve to breathing in I don't know. Nitrogen and something else. Acid rain something else. And... <laughs> yeah. Oh my god, it was that it was acid acidosing or something like that, wasn't it? Wasn't it? Yeah, something. Yeah. Oh no. Okay. Well, p- <laughs> Where's your point going? Threshold. I feel like it should be the the aristocrats, you know? Threshold. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. Where's your point going? I I mean, I do... the, the, The surprise not dead. I liked how it was done in Threshold. I enjoyed it. Yeah. I liked the creepiness of it. I like... I like the yeah. fact he was under a, sh- you know, he was under the the shroud, and they had to pull it back. But it's just done so much better in Deep Space Nine, and it's <laughs> so much more interesting, and it's so much cre- creepier, and it has an impact on yeah. the other person in the room. <laughs> you know, right. as stuff actually happens, it's got to be the visitor. It has to be the visitor. Yeah, but and and it's know. yeah, and it's critical to the story too. Whereas Tom's was just like thrown in there for just yeah. another Anything shock could have factor. Happened. Yeah, he could you know head could have twisted round, limbs. Yeah, could have right, right. Yeah, anything that happened, he just right. happened to die and then come back to life. He he died and he lost his tongue. You could have just picked one of those. <laughs> we would have got yeah. the, the same point. <laughs> yeah, the, the, uh, the tongue at least suggests a transformation. I'm not sure what the death suggests. Right, Unless yeah, it's like a high, agreed. You know, more of a hibernation or something, but it definitely seems to agreed. be a death. Yeah. All right, the visitor has four, and threshold has two. <laughs> Where are we going next? Um. Well, let's go up to family matters. Okay. What do you have for your family matters moment of the episode? So you know what I'm going to talk about here, the lizard no. babies. This is the oh, lizard. I didn't see that coming. I did not. That was not where <laughs> I thought this was going to go. I know, right? Oh, the lizard babies. Okay, so gosh, I don't understand 
what the lizard babies added to this story. There was no need to do this. And if they were going to do this, they should have committed to doing it. <laughs> I okay. they should have committed to doing this. They should have They should have committed. Yeah. If they're going to so, do So Jane Lizard Paris and Lizard Janeway are on this planet and they have lizard babies. They mate, you know, and have lizard babies. And they're the cutest little CGI lizard babies you'd ever want to see. <laughs> um, they disappear into the water. And Chakotay is in command. And Chuckles decides, takes it upon himself to decide to leave them on the planet. What? Which is like, yeah, what? My notes what? here say WTF. <laughs> WTF to go day. Of all the decisions you could make, that was the worst decision. You, that was the worst. Of them. Right. Okay. So set aside the fact that these are the babies of crew members. Like, like say someone had a pet lizard. You wouldn't just leave a pet lizard on the planet. You're, you're contaminating the planet. So even besides like the humanity of it, you're contaminating the planet. And that's like against the prime directive and stuff. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Theoretically. And then you add on the consequences, you add on the, the, the emotional, you know, point that these are the offspring of crew members. And I don't care if they're lizards. I don't care if they're whatevers. You take care of them. <laughs> what the F? And nobody seems to be, like, upset about this decision. Paris and Janeway briefly talk about it at the end. They take it very much in their stride. They take it in stride. Like She, she jokes about it. She's like, oh, well, I thought about having kids someday, but not with you, Tom. Ha <laughs> ha. You know? It's like, what? I think they rationalize it as some sort of horrible dream. Like, this, yeah, it, you know, this is yeah. so far This is just a weird reality. thing that happened. Yeah. And, but, but it did happen. And there are now children. And I think it's very, it seemed very small to say, well, they're they're obviously just lizards, so they can just go off and do lizardy things. Right? I don't care if they're lizards. But we have no idea of their potential. We have no idea if they're intelligent. We don't know anything about them. Right. Can they survive by themselves? Can they survive by themselves? Are they intelligent lizards? Like, can they do the same treatment on the lizard babies and turn them into humans? Yes. I don't know. All I know is I would love my lizard babies and I would go back for my lizard babies if Jacote made that decision yes. for my lizard babies. Well, it's, one, <laughs> it's one thing to say, I didn't know what to do. I left them there. It's another to say, we need to go back for them. We yeah, can't do yeah. Them. Oh, man. Because that could have been interesting for them to, like, if you're going to do this, because this literally adds nothing to the episode. Them having lizard babies adds nothing. To the episode. It it was just another weird thing on the the pile of weird stuff that happened. Yes. Another weird thing. Weird sprinkles on top of the weird Sunday. And, but, but, but lean into it then. Have them, you know, in the next episode, have these lizard babies in a, in a little, you know, uh. In a little aquarium in in sick bay or something. Yeah. You know, talk about the lizard babies. Take care of them. See, like, everyone wants to have, like, Paris feed them lettuce or something. You know, I don't know what lizard babies eat. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, yeah. 
you know, you can even like if you don't want to have the complications because you could get into some really big ethical complications if they because would it be ethical to turn them into humans? Like, how old are these lizard babies in in lizard years? You know what I mean? Because if you all of a sudden yeah. had had someone who was like ten years old, like they would have the same problems, uh, like as as uh, you know of like antisocial. Yeah. you know, behavior and, and, you know, language development and all kinds of delay, you know, mm-hmm. like there's a lot you can explore there. If you don't want to go into all that, you have them say, Oh, well it didn't work on them because they were always lizards. So we couldn't do this anti-proton treatment, at least have the lizard babies loved and taken care of, you know, what absolutely happened it, it, here. What uh, all happened? the decisions, <laughs> all the decisions to make, leaving them there was wrong for so many reasons. So many reasons. I can't so think of one that, reason that you. That I can't even apart from it's just wash your hands of it. Oh, what a, what a palaver. I think Jacote was jealous oh, that maybe. Paris had lizard babies with Janeway. That's maybe. what I think. A constant <laughs> reminder. He, he wouldn't do that. It's very right? lawyer, isn't it? I don't to get rid of the offspring. <laughs> it just you know what it just seems out of character for Jacote to to not. Yeah. You know, like like have a voice for these creatures you know uh, yeah i don't know i agree i it's just it's just so weird i don't know why they did this I wonder they and i will it. never get over it i will no. never get over it it is it's the it's the forgotten storyline one day it must be revisited <laughs> what happened to the lizard babies what happened to that human oh colony my God. from yeah. the future which we that. set up oh my god prodigy should go there I would die. That would be. I would die happy seeing that. Yeah. They could, could they? Could you imagine it? Why not? They're in the the main. They're in the Delta Quadrant. Main villains are uh, the three lizard lizard siblings. Oh my god! (laughs) They don't have to be villains. Let's not make them. (laughs) Oh, they're villains. That's that's a very good villain. That's a villain origin story right there. Be yes, abandoned by your parents my on a parents planet. My parents were mutants. Uh, <laughs> oh were, my were god! Futuristic mutants who abandoned me on a on a distant planet. On an uninhabited planet. Forgot about me. <gasps> oh, well, you got to write that comic book. <laughs> oh my god. There you go. What, what are their names? I don't know. We'll talk about this off off off. Oh, we'll yeah. talk about this. Well, yes. Yeah. Well, we'll get this going. <laughs> All right, let's talk about the visitor. <laughs> so, family matters. The family matters for the visitor. I mean, the entire episode is about family. Yeah. Jake and Karenna, Jake and his Deep Space Nine family who take him under their right. wing when Ben is lost. Absolutely. Jake and Nog. Yeah. Really, this is about the Cisco's and how Jake feels about his father, even as a young man. I mean, Jake is 18 and he's forging his own path. But obviously the the loss of his dad and the manner in which his dad died and then the manner in which he has been reborn obviously has caused a lot of a lot of conflict in Jake and a lot of issues in Jake. And 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 he puts a lot of pressure on himself to sort of bring bring Ben back and to make things right. But really, you know, that's very idealistic of him. 
because the moments of family are in those visits, are in the actual appearances of Ben and how he feels when he sees Jake. And it's, it's, I mean, it's genuinely warming that he arrives and at this point he now knows what's happening and he knows time is passing and he just doesn't care because for him it doesn't matter. He's just so pleased to see Jake and so pleased to see that Jake is doing well and has met that lovely Karenna and has written a book and is living his life. And he's just a massive smile. He's so happy. He jokes about grandchildren. I mean, it is, it's hilarious. And then, (laughs) and also there's the moment when Jake is really upset and he just sort of him and Karen, Ben and Karenna exchange that, exchange that look. And it's like, oh my God, in one second, they're a family. That's like, they've known each other for one second, but they're connected by Jake and they, they're just so close so quickly. Mm-hmm. It's it's gorgeous. Oh, man. Um, it is. Absolutely brilliant. And then the next time he comes back and everything's fallen apart. And it's that visit that has altered Jake's life. He he realizes he's forgotten his dad. And he doesn't he then focuses and fixates on bringing him out of subspace and finding that way of reconnecting with him. And it's so devastating to see how everything's unraveled for him and how it's not working. Um, When they're, when they actually do eventually try and pull Ben out of subspace uh, during the next wormhole inversion. And, it's so sad. Ben, he's he's seeing everything that he knew just minutes ago has just dissolved. Karenna's gone. Yeah. He's not Ugh. writing. His life's fallen to pieces. But he's just completely fixated on on solving this problem. And in fairness, he doesn't ever get back to writing until he solves the problem. He he never does. He gets completely right. lost in this. He never finds himself again until he solves the problem. And it costs him everything, really, doesn't it, to solve this issue. He, he loses his life. The life he could have had is gone. And even though it's an alternate reality, the alternate reality is it's ruined. It's not a brilliant life. It's a lost life. Anyway, it's so great. And he's also wasting that, that little... Yeah, please. I was going to say, he's also wasting that little bit of time he has with Ben in subspace there. It, you know, Ben's trying to ask him questions about his life and he and he's, you know, and talk to him and he's just like, you know, just hitting that call Jake to Dax and yeah. yeah, why isn't this working? And this should be working. And, oh, you know, and he's God. just wasting that little precious time that they have together. Oh, so my pick <sighs> is essentially that that visit with Jake and Karenna and Ben and how yeah. happy Ben is with Jake's life. That's my pick. Oh, what a lovely scene that is. And you're, and you're right. They're instantly a family. Like they just connect mm-hmm. right away, you know, by their mutual love of Jake. And um, they, oh man. And, you know, they call, she calls, you know, Starfleet and lets them know what happened. And yeah. And she knows, you know, that she, she, she's the one who, who br- she brings over the books to Ben, you know, and she's like, you'll want to see these, you know, cause yeah. she knows. And 
And I, th- I think Jake was too stunned to even like do that think kind of thing, you know, this, yeah. think about, yeah, yeah. And yeah. And, and, oh, and Ben must've been so happy. He's got this, this lovely home, a lovely wife, and he achieved his dream of being a published author and it's everything Ben ever wanted for him, you know? It's all uh, working. It's all going in the right direction. Yeah. Yeah. And all he wants is for the next time he appears there for there to be children who know him. <laughs> for him to meet them. Right. But he oh, doesn't man. get that. And he, what a loss. And this is for him, for I mean from Ben's perspective, this is happening in the space of what, an hour? Right. You know. Crazy. Crazy to feel that way. Anyway. Where would you like to send your points out for this? Yeah, the visitor. Duh. <laughs> it's so clearly the visitor. It's so obviously the visitor. I wouldn't even think. I'm actually actively annoyed at the family, the family aspects. We could have talked yeah. about uh, Tom and his father briefly. They they did touch on that. I could have, yes. But that's yeah, because that's his motivation. Got. Yeah, but that's yeah. not what threshold's about. That's, that's not what. No. That's not what everyone remembers. <laughs> Um, obviously the visitor gets the point too. Yeah, there's no way I'm giving what they did to those lizard babies a point. No. It's actively the opposite of the visitor. In caring about your offspring. <laughs> oh, goodness me. Oh, man. All right. Okay. So, the visitor now has racked up six, and Threshold still got two. <laughs> okay. So we could... So it's a it's a win for a win for visitor, but we could still even the even the table slightly. Yeah, make it more respectable. Although I don't know it that way well. <laughs> well, let's open mind, let's open stay. mind. Yes, yes. <laughs> final category. <laughs> uh, so the final category is sage advice. Jen, what is the sage advice we receive from a threshold? okay so i actually did find something useful in threshold here and it's at the very end and this is you know janeway and paris are talking about their lizard babies and what happened and everything and (laughs) um and then and then they move on and, and talk about about you know what Tom actually did. What Tom actually uh, achieved something. You know, reaching warp ten. Even though there was some dire consequences, he did it. Mm-hmm. And you know, and and it's Tom here that that gives us a little bit of sage advice that we could take from this episode because he talks about how like he thought he would feel better than he did. Like mm-hmm. he he thought that that reaching his goal would would have been more satisfying than it was. He. He talks about it, you know, he thought it would be like a quick fix uh, for him. And uh, but what he means for that, by that is, you know, he thought by like, by making history, he could, you know, change his reputation on the ship mm-hmm. and earn, earn the respect of the other people on Voyager and earn the respect of, of his father. You know, his dad's yeah. not there. He's, he's, he's got the, he's got the daddy, the daddy issues. Yeah, yeah. And, wants to you know and wants to like you we, you know we alluded to earlier and, and and you know and he wanted to do that you know for the glory of it instead of for himself and and he he 
the, the advice here is, is, is what, what actually he takes from it, what he learns. And he says, he says, it's not other people's opinions I should be worried about. It's mine. And that is damn good advice. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I think he really, I think it took, took a lot for him to learn that. <laughs> yeah. A lot. But I, I think a lot. And, I, but I think, I mean, it's a good lesson to learn. And I think it does help his character, uh, you know, grow and, and change in the, the arc, you know, the arc that, that Tom Paris went through throughout mm-hmm. the seven seasons. It's important and because it's an important they, they, role for anyone to know. So that's they, pretty good. They, do, they play I'll on his that. relationship with his father a lot during the series. They, they, they come yeah, back and absolutely. even bring his father in, don't they, as a character. They play yeah. on this an awful lot. So it's it's nice to get a sort of a hint of this during the episode. Yeah. Something that becomes bigger and more important as the series progresses. Although the, the whole conversation between him and Janeway, I, I really disliked all the way through i thought it was very i thought it gave almost no no credence to what happened to janeway the her and him and janeway have done the same thing seems to me although it happened more quickly yeah. with janeway we, we, we seem to just both of them stri- strided over the fact they've evolved into other creatures and had children and left those children behind and now they're just back to chatting about you know Paris's issues with his father or how he feels about achieving warp flight and whether that would you know how that would change his life it just seems so that that doesn't really seem important I mean it is important but in terms of what's just happened to you is that important is this is this what you've taken away from this anyway I wasn't a big fan of that aspect agreed did did not agreed I don't I I don't understand how they just are glossing over everything that happened as if it's like unimportant or just a normal day at the office, you know, kind of stuff. Well, glad that's over. Anyway, Jamie being the supporting (laughs) captain. Oh no, you've done, you've done loads. You've done masses since you've been here. I'm like, you've done loads too, Janeway. You're literally captaining a vessel lost in space. You know, you don't need to baby Tom through this. I mean, I think because the, the focus of the episode is so bizarre, it seemed weird to me that that's what they were talking about at the end of it. But th- there they are. And well, I thought the advice, I mean, I think, the advice he gave was sound. Yeah. I think he does need to be babied through all this because that's the, he's he's very much, I mean, he he, he does change throughout the season, but this is, early, this is season two and he's still very much like, woe is me. Mm. I used to be such a screw up and now I'm trying to not be a screw up and what was me and you know and yeah. that's just part of his character <laughs> like Janeway doesn't need help in that area you know I just thought Janeway's like you've both been through this you don't need Janeway needs yeah. as much support and sympathy as you need but well I don't, I don't think either one of them were asking for, for sympathy about ter- turning into a lizard neither one oh, of them no. seemed concerned about that at all job. they no. chat it they chatted about it like it was just like like small talk. <laughs> yeah. Oh, well, that was interesting. That we turned into lizards happen. and we made it and had babies. Okay. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> <laughs> now let's move on to, you know, to other business. It's just so bizarre. <laughs> yes. But okay. That's where we are. Threshold. <laughs> <laughs> The sage advice offered in The Visitor 
was a literal piece of advice, which Ben gives Jake. Very early on in the episode, which inspires him to briefly stop writing and come and observe the wormhole inversion. Jake is super focused on writing the story uh, he's, he's working on. And Ben comes in and says to him, Well, I'm no writer, but if I were you, it seems to me I'd want to poke my head up once in a while and take a look around, see what's going on. It's life, Jake. You can miss it if you don't open your eyes. Yeah? Jake, this only happens once every 50 years. You will never forgive yourself if you miss it. Yeah, I'll be right there. And that's what you said 10 minutes ago. I just want to get this last paragraph right. I thought you were going to put that aside for a while. I tried, but it's all I can think about. Well, I'm no writer. But if I were, it seems to me I'd want to poke my head up every once in a while and take a look around, see what's going on. It's life, Jake. You can miss it if you don't open your eyes. Now, what do you say you come up to the bridge with me and we'll watch the wormhole do its thing? And then I'll read what you've got and we'll talk about it. Deal? Deal. Hmm. That's... That is good advice for anyone who needs to see the bigger picture and perhaps not focus so hard on the minutiae of what they're doing. And Jake also passes this advice. advice. Yeah, it's good. He passes it on to Melanie before she leaves. Mm -hmm. But at this point, he's learnt the hard way that the advice was very good because he's become so fixated on the problem of his father being lost in subspace, he's forgotten to watch his own life unfold. And... He needs to do it over. Do you know what? And this episode could have been a lot harder if his life had been perfect, if he'd absolutely loved every moment of it and him and Karenna had had children and he was an acclaimed writer and nothing was going to go wrong, but that he could undo everything and give his father a chance at life again if he killed himself. That would have been so much harder to watch. But because he hadn't followed Cisco's advice earlier on, he had a do-over. He'd gotten out. You know, my my life's my life hasn't amounted to what I wanted necessarily, but I can do this. But the advice that Cisco <sighs> gave was good, solid advice. <laughs> yes, he should have taken it. <laughs> he should have taken it. Although, would oh, he have man. then? Would he have then? freed Cisco if if he'd had his own children Cisco would have told him I resolutely don't do this don't undo this reality where right. you have family and you know I, I I've I've met them for 10 minutes and I love them I'll never see them again don't undo it well uh, he, yeah I, I mean he would have told him that anyway that's why Jake took the hypo spray before Ben got there. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah. He didn't have, give him a choice, you know? No. Oh, crumbs. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but, um, <sighs> and it's awful, and, and it's such a, a waste of Jake's life, and, you know, because, uh, you know, he had those those two books that could have... I mean, besides his his life, like his life, his actual life with his wife and you know, family or potential children, maybe mm-hmm. or whatever, but also just his his career, all the books he could have yeah. written, everything and, and, he could have contributed. You know, what happens and, to Melanie? Does Melanie become a writer? Right. 
Did that inspire right. her? What happens to her now? Right. Oh man. And it's just instead of just you know you know, when if when you obsess over one you know one thing or you let your grief consume you and forget to live you know you'll never focus. Oh man. Okay. So yeah, that's really good advice from Ben Cisco. Solid advice. Who's a really good advice giver? <laughs> ben Cisco gives the best advice. <laughs> he really does. <laughs> He's the best. I love Ben so much. I love Jake so much too. Um, yeah, the visitor. Where my also the visitor. Going. It was always going to be the yeah. visitor. I was. I was very <laughs> sure of myself on that single category. <laughs> I was just proud that I found something for that category in Threshold. I, I There's a moral there. That's good. Star, Star Trek's good TV. They tried. Star Trek's good yeah. TV. Even even the very worst episodes of Star Trek have got some great stuff in right. there. I like. You know what? Yeah. I don't even think Threshold's that bad. I, I actually quite I quite enjoyed it watching it for this. I uh, I mean, look, it's not the best. It's not the best TV show ever made. Yeah. But I definitely watch it again. It just oh I would definitely watch it again too, but it just goes off the rails at a certain point. Like yeah, like the warp ten stuff that's great. That's you know, and then he it, you know he coughs up his tongue. That should be like a, a jump the shark, but within an episode, yeah. <laughs> cough up your tongue. <laughs> <laughs> that's when it goes off the rails. But I would, but it's entertaining. I would still watch it. <laughs> you know? I like I like that I can complain about the lizard babies. Like that's fun. Yeah. And, it's, it's 19 this episode came out in 1996 i'm still you know it, it's a fun joke so i don't hate it i hate i hate what they did to lizard babies but that's the only thing i hate about threshold <laughs> the lizard babies are super weird uh i wish oh i wish we seen both more why yes yeah, same <laughs> all right so final score <laughs> The Visitor 8, Threshold 2. I think Threshold did well to get two out of that, to be honest. I think they did really well, yeah. Uh, And (laughs) I, because rightly so, The Visitor is one of of Star Trek's very best episodes. Oh, yeah. uh, But it can't be ultimately, it can't be absolutely perfect, and its makeup is not absolutely perfect. It's it's good, though. It's good, good makeup. It's good, yeah. yeah. Threshold's better in Threshold's that particular better. category yeah. <laughs> that they give <laughs> that they give an award for. They give awards out for. <laughs> if it was if it was episodes that are going to make you cry, then uh, yeah, other other than Visitor would have won the award for sure. Yeah, uh, yeah, especially if it was up against Threshold and Wings again. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Wings doesn't make. Just, you... I, I've never seen episode of Wings. Is it likely to make one cry? No, it would make you laugh. It's a comedy. It's a gentle comedy in the Cheers universe. Okay. Well, okay. I'd definitely watch that. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's pretty good. I actually, I actually really enjoyed Wings. I mean, I'm but a I, massive you know, Frasier back fan. Back in the 90s. Yeah. He makes an appearance. Fan. You get to Frasier and Lilith, both uh, guest star in an episode. An episode together. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah, because there's still... I think there's still together if i remember if i remember it's like during when cheers was on oh really um, i, I yeah. wings i don't think I, I don't know whether wings even aired in the uk i have no idea so so che- cheers takes place in boston 
Yeah. And Wings takes place at a little airport in Nantucket, which is an island off of Massachusetts. So what they, there's basically like commuter flights between Nantucket and Boston. Oh, so, okay. I, I mean, so I, th- I think like, so I think like Frasier and Lilith like jetted off to Nantucket for the weekend or something. Okay. <laughs> and okay. Hilari- hilarity ensued. You know? Of course. <laughs> as, as it always with those two. Yeah. Oh, okay. <laughs> to no one's surprise, uh, the visitor has absolutely thrashed threshold. Um, and I'm glad. Domination that- station. Does yeah, this need same. to be a twofer? Would you watch this again as a as a pair? <laughs> There's literally no reason to ever watch these two no, together. A- ever absolutely again. not. Don't don't do it. You won't. You will gain nothing from the watching. Um, <laughs> but I would I would watch both the episodes again and feel very yes, differently yes. when I press play each time. Um, right. Absolutely. <laughs> what what are we doing for the next episode? Where are we going to go? Oh, that's a good question. Good. Now that we've finished with the old business, on to the new. Time to hand out next month's story assignments. Ritterhouse, we're waiting! Okay, friends and neighbors, let's see what Uncle Roy has for you today. And on the next episode of Snap Trek, we are getting naked as we compare <laughs> the original series, The Naked Time, with the next generations the naked now uh so that should be crazy yeah, it'll be crazy yeah you, you guys are, are very lucky that this isn't a video podcast oh, yeah. <laughs> that was true no one wants to see that from this end <laughs> no but that'll be that'll be a fun one I think we will get good. crazy we'll yes. get crazy <laughs> i do remember it being completely random both those episodes being strange 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 Yes, yeah. Water, something about fun. the water. The poly, polyvirus? We'll we'll I think see. I'll find out. <laughs> okay, Jen, anything else you would like to say? I just want to say thank you, everyone, for listening. We really appreciate it. And thanks again. Ross, it was great talking to you. Always, of course. This has been, I mean, I can't believe we've talked for almost two hours. And <laughs> at least half of that was about thresholds. <laughs> There was a lot to unpack. Oh, there was. A lot. (laughs) Threshold. Okay, everyone. (laughs) Lovely to speak to you all. Uh, Live fast and prosper. Don't you see? We're going to get a second chance. My sweet boy. Okay. How'd you know that was coming? I guess we were just lucky this time. You okay, Dad? I am now Jake. I am now...
Here lies Thomas Eugene Paris, beloved mutant. 